Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster, with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. And we're starting the Wayfinding Growth Show in three, two, one. What's up, Mr. Beg? I'm having fun today. It has been, been a. Go ahead. It's been a day. Hmm. It's been a day. Like, so it's funny. We've met with a, a couple customers that we haven't talked to since last year, literally. <laughs> um, not that long ago. Not that long ago, but no, like it's been about three and a half, four weeks since we talked and they're, and they're, they're like, we missed you. And it's just really cool to, it's really cool to hear that. But, um, but no, it's been, it's been a challenging day too, because I feel like the past four weeks worth of meetings that we didn't have are now Mm. this week. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's fun because it's great to be off and relax and think about things you can do in your business for growth. And then there's coming back and actually doing those things in your business for growth, like the Wayfinding Growth Show, which today we are recapping, upcycling your content. We talked to the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Fanzo. Holy mackerel. Like the three of us on the same show at the same time. It it was a firecracker, man. There was some energy for sure, and I don't know if we can say the man, the myth, the legend anymore after that episode. Like that was just pretty legit. Yeah, um, I don't know. It might be over. Yeah, it's it's definitely in the in my top list of like of favorite episodes. I have quite a few for the record, but it's one of those things that um, there's some really great sound bites. I was actually thinking that we need to. Uh, we need to ask our pal Noel, Noel to chop that up a few times. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It, um, it, it's funny. I always know when you're going to like an episode because, A, you either explode everything that we do or there's a bunch of tasks that start like showing up in task managers. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also had to do with the fact that it was towards the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Hashtag Joey Coleman episode. Hashtag blow up the uh, agency. No, just kidding. Okay. It was interesting to hear about Brian and like where he came from and the fact that Remington, he was in cybersecurity. The fact that that cybersecurity job he blew up in quite quickly. And even to hear him later on in the episode talk about how he made more money doing cybersecurity at the Pentagon at that moving up fast job than he does now. But something I'm going to talk a little bit about later, how he loves and feels like what he's doing now is what he's going to do for the rest of his life. That was interesting. In the beginning, though, there were some things that you were jotting down, some things that I was jotting down. Like even before we got into the charting of the course, what were your thoughts about just Brian and his history and some of the milestones? Yeah, so so I've I've been following Brian independently of – you know, of meeting him and, and then of course having him on the show for quite a while. And one of the things I always um, really appreciated about him and Danielle on our team always talks about being authentic is like, he is his authentic self no matter what. Right. Yeah. And, and it was, it was really, um, it was really cool to see, you know, on the episode, essentially the same authentic him minus the hat, 
Um, that threw me off when he first signed on. I was like, like, wait, what's happening? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just like the authenticity. But then when you talk about like personal brands, like he really does lean into that. And I think that, um, you know, we, we've just had some other episodes to talk about personal brands and like micro influencers, but like, he really, he really is running with that and he's doing a great job because of the consistency, which I know we're going to hit like 14 times later this episode. Yeah, that, that was a theme that kept coming back and has actually through many episodes. It's funny that you brought up the hat because uh, I noticed that transition maybe about, gosh, I'm going to say it's a month and a half, maybe two months ago where he kind of transitioned to this time of sometimes he wears a hat, like on stage, still a hat. Sometimes not hat, now a, a whole hair thing, which be careful. Right. Be careful. That hair thing can come back to get you. I'm just saying, like, mine's gone, and it's like the world has ended. People are like, either love it or hate it, but it's coming back anyway. Show's not about me. Here's one thing that he talked about that I was super interested, but I definitely wanted to lean into, is he talked about how quickly he um, became burnt out on social media mm-hmm. and and just his thoughts on social media. And, and you can tell even now, I don't think those thoughts have changed at all. It's like, I mean, it's a necessary evil, but there's a way in which you should kind of, uh, I'm going to use air quotes here, play the game, because I don't literally mean playing a game, because again, going back to being authentic, but a, a way to um, lean in or engage with social versus like what a lot of people think that needs to be done. Um, and I feel this pain. Like it's funny. And you and I were talking about this offline uh, a couple probably weeks ago where I went on a cruise. I did no social media for seven days. And how when I came back, it was almost difficult to like – reboot back into what was being done before I went and had that that um like time of no social so right yeah i think so i think social media i think we're going to see a major shift in social media across the board but that doesn't mean um to our viewers and listeners that they, that it doesn't matter um obviously as you start as we start talking about the rest of this episode but but um I think that it's not necessarily the conversations that we have. And, and, and to Facebook's credit, like Facebook knows that you can't handle the fire hose of all the people you connect with. Right? So so imagine yeah. if Facebook did let all of the notifications and all of the posts come through. Like talk about burnout. Like that would be that would be insane. Um but so so there's there's some, you know, there's a lot of people smarter than me that are defining that algorithm. But when we start thinking about like what what's happening, I know um, usually – Wait, wait. I can't let you go on. I can't let you go on. There are people smarter than you out there? <laughs> well, uh, about certain things. Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> there you go. There you Just go. Just kidding. No, but but the um, – you know, when we start like digging into the um, – you know, the the social media and the reasons why people are fatigued by it. Like I think social media fatigue is more than burnout. I think people enjoy being social, most people, unless you are you know, a different personality type and you don't enjoy human beings or conversations, which there are those out there, and I even have those days. But, but the, it's more of a, a, like a social fatigue, just like if you went to – you go to a party, like a Christmas party, and you're like exhausted afterwards, but you're not tired. You're just like – so many people like I think we're 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 putting ourselves into that situation all the time with social. But 
the point is that you can you can control that messaging a lot. And like one of the things I did every political season, it happens. Everyone starts getting noisy, going one direction or the other, and right. everything's black and white. Right. And I I press the snooze for thirty days button. I don't care what side I press the snooze for thirty days button, and all of a sudden it's like I put on noise canceling headphones. And now, like, I see, oh, my gosh, I see people I like. There are people having human conversations. Oh, someone so-and-so had a baby, like, like real friends. And I think that we go for trying to get so many friends that suddenly now we flip that on its, on its head and then we don't feel connected. But all that to be said, we get a crap ton of leads through social media. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, it's what, Messenger? Yeah, right? oh, we were talking man. about that yesterday. Yeah. So so when we're talking about that, like if people use social the right way, I don't think there is is a burnout. But being accessible to it and from a business point of view, making sure you're there for the conversation is one thing. But you don't have to have all that outside noise. You can tone that down. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and I'll tell you, if if anybody hasn't been paying attention, like Messenger is very interesting. Like this week alone, three different leads for agency services came from Facebook Messenger and then pushed into, you know, the typical sales process after the whole human element and human side of quote unquote selling happened. I'll tell you, it's funny because one thing that I could tell through this entire episode is Brian is really good at selling himself, um, aka being himself, uh, just letting his mind, because uh, he talked about being self-aware, but letting his mind just roll in the direction that it needed to roll. And while when you sit back and look at it, you feel like it's kind of like this thing, when you're right. done with this thing, like it just made sense. Like the things that he said, like we got somewhere. It was a journey. I'll tell you yeah. the, the other thing that I loved about this though, and I even referenced this. I made a, I made a, um, a little, uh, uh, you know, teaser and put out to the world about this too, about Brian, how he started to talk about it in high school, how he was all these different things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I said, I'm going to riff on this on the recap. And, and the fact that I'm the only dude that I know until Brian, until that interview, Remington, I was the only dude that I knew that it was like on the football team, on the chess club, like didn't care who you were as long as it was something that I enjoyed or wanted to do and, and wasn't afraid of crossing paths of like jock versus nerd. Um, and sure. so, so I love the fact that um, there was that part of the conversation and, and I would hope and wish that more people could get to a level of like, I don't understand. Well, I sort of do understand. I, I just, but I don't understand, even though I do understand like this innate need for human beings to, uh, come together in a group of like-minded people like it goes back to the cavemen right of like that was where it was safe because you were in the group but we're not cavemen anymore and well some of us act anyway well, i digress but, but no to take that to take that a step further that's i think where the burnout comes from the social media is you get all these people that go into these classes and then suddenly that's the only right class except i don't know if anyone's seen how many facebook groups there are Right. But like like it's you know, you you can be super passionate about something, but it doesn't mean that someone super passionate about something else isn't. But to your point, the um, 
him being himself is is something that he does unconditionally. And he even said that. What was it? Sharpie on the mirror? Yeah. I've never heard that one yeah. before. But, I, as um, soon as he said it wasn't a good idea, I'm like, no, uh, yeah. Definitely. Like, where'd you get that idea? <laughs> it wasn't a good idea. But no, but like being yourself unconditionally, unconditionally yeah. um, you know, he, he wrote that down and, and he owned it. And I think that brands could look into that and really mm. pay attention and I think that that even like personal brands for sure. Like, yeah. what do you want to be known for? Yeah, um, you know what I mean. Yeah, but, don't, um, don't be your competition. Be yourself. Yeah. yeah. yeah but to your point, that. like football chess club, like cheerleader, and I also did. I was also in chess club, so yeah. like I totally get it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The one last piece, and then we finally got into like charting the course. But And that was the thing. Well, I'll talk about that later. There's this whole funny piece that I want to rant on in a few minutes. So stick around if you're still listening. And if you're not, then you're not hearing this anyway. So I digress. But um, Brian <laughs> talked about mailing it in uh, when he was at his job uh, doing cybersecurity and the Pentagon and, and realizing being self-aware enough that like that didn't equal a good Brian, right? Yeah, exactly. Just kind of like fading away and, and, and oh. I melt like I think of I'm melting like from the Wizard of Oz because you're literally like just you're it's it's Groundhog Day you're the there and yeah you're just going through the motions and and him realizing that it wasn't going to be his best work it wasn't going to be his best him and being able to make the decision of like look I I I potentially know that I'm probably not going to make this kind of money and I may not ever reach this air quotes status again but. This is not going to make the best me. Man, I love, 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 love the ability for somebody to make that type of decision. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the whole point of mailing it in, like, like I had, I had a lot of light bulbs that went off just in regards to like, I've never actually heard that term. Uh, but I think I've used it like 30 times since, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but when, but when we're talking, when, when we're talking about that, like that sense of complacency, when we talk about his success and his, his like direction towards goals, there is no mailing it in with anything he does. Mm. And I think if you, if you go back and listen to that episode, there's a lot of different areas where, where that's incredibly obvious. So if you're not getting where you want to be company or personally, like, when are you mailing it in? And and look at that as something like this is a I think this is like a key thing is are you mailing it in? Like are there times in the day where you're mailing it in? And if there are, why are you doing that? And you know, if you want if you want that promotion, if you want that hit that goal, you want to go in that direction, like you cannot be complacent. Yeah, and for all of you that might hear the term mailing it in and you don't really get it, my my dad used to call it doing things half-assed. So mm. that that's like that is like if you're not giving it your all, if you're not all in, if you're not trying to make the maximum like just change or growth or whatever it is, then you're mailing it in. That's what we're talking about. Fair. So, all right. So, Remington. so the whole point of this, the whole point of this was to talk about upcycling your content. So, obviously, we were pretty jazzed up about his story. Yeah. But I'd never heard that term before. Oh. Upcycling your content. I had heard of recycling. <laughs> right. And which is interesting because he immediately started with like, I don't like the idea of recycling because recycling is talking about using something old. 
And and so the fact that he went into that it was no, you created this new piece of content. Now up its game, up the chances of it being able to be successful, up the places that you can put it in, up the ways that you're sharing it. Like that's what I was taking away from that as he was kind of fleshing that out. So yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So for for the audience, he he basically talks about creating content the easiest way possible that you can create content, whether it's video, audio, actually writing. In this case, Brian doesn't enjoy writing, mm. um, you know, but but create the content, get it out there because content you don't get out there is not really going to create an impact for you. And then if, it, if you see something that works, then upcycle it to other platforms and other directions. That's essentially where it goes. Um, Check out the episode. Brian does a much better job explaining it than I do. But but in, in theory, it's really kind of taking the stuff that works and doing more of it, yeah. um, where I think a lot of times people just get on that conveyor belt of of tasks and momentum, which is momentum's good, but it's got to be going in a certain direction. Yeah, it's funny because when I was listening to him, and, and I don't know if I've really ever shared this publicly, uh, but when I was listening to Brian and he was talking about create it in the way that is easiest for you, I immediately was like, um, well, video, that's the easiest way for me. By the way, that's not the thing that I haven't said out loud publicly. Like everybody well, knows right. that I love video. But there's this thing that I always battle with and it's like, well, why are you going to create the video? Because if you transcribed it, that's just dumb and people are going to be like, oh, see, you just transcribed your video. Um, and so there's this mental battle inside my own head of like that's a weakness. And so because that's a weakness, just go, don't don't even create the video, which right. is stupid. It's stupid because what I should do is, A, either not transcribe it because that's the weakness um, and still create the video. And just if somebody wants to watch a video and it's just got a freaking title, look, if that video adds value, not everything is about SEO, even though we're in the marketing SEO game. It's about value to their life. And so I'm like listening to him talk about upcycling. And I'm like, oh, geez. Okay, somebody please quit hitting me in the back of the head with the two by four. <laughs> I need to start creating these videos that I want to create, even though I know I'm either going to have to do a transcript or not do a transcript and then just bow down to like, well, it's not about SEO for me. It's about a community. It's about value. They'll find it. Not that I'll build it and they'll come because I was a whole other section of the episode. But like, like, Inherently, it, this and this is where I'm going with this. If you're going to do what Brian says in the last episode and upcycle your content, you're not allowed to do what I did, and that is put hurdles in your way to achieve those things. Amen. That's what I'm saying. Amen. No, I love it. I love it. So then he started kind of talking about, um, you know, putting your content in certain places and then sending people to those different areas. And I think that, you know, we've had some people from. Um, from a social media point of view, kind of say similar things, but he talked, he talked really heavily about like the podcast. Like obviously he's got, he's got the FOMO fans podcast and he, he takes the things that he knows are key takeaways. And then he puts like, he loves Twitter, right? So he's got it on Twitter, but then he, he creates a different piece of content. He modifies it and he had an eight minute rule, which I loved, right? It was like, 
I put on a timer for eight minutes and then I'm done with my graphics. Maybe my favorite piece. Maybe right. my favorite – one of my favorite parts of the episode was that whole rule. Yeah. And and then, you know, but taking that snippet of that content and and how he said upcycling, like creating a graphic that like represents or pushes it. And he takes these pieces out and he uses those to drive traffic to another platform. Um, I thought that that was really creative, you know, and and when you're talking about like upcycling, that's a perfect example of creating some content that doesn't take much more mental power. It takes eight minutes and then posting it. Right. And and I thought that it was just really cool how he kind of broke that up. Um, and he just it's obvious it's in his process. He probably like would bleed it like, you know, it just it just happens. Yeah, I thought that was really a really cool um, an actionable way of kind of thinking about things like go out and do some keyword research and spend eight minutes doing it a day. Like, sure, I spend eight minutes. Right. But like actually just time box it and make it happen. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like there were so many good pieces in here. I also love the fact when he was talking about like, well, why would I blog? Why would I force myself to blog? Um, because what am I doing? I'm forcing myself to do something half quality. And again, that ties into what we talked about earlier is that yeah. like if you're going to mail it in, if you're going to do half arsed things, then no, like do it in a way that you're willing to give 100%. And by the way, Remington, it's really easy to give 100% for eight minutes. Like that's simple. Like anybody can do that. And, and, right. and the thing that I loved is that at one point in, in the episode, he goes into the whole reason for upcycling your content, for putting it on one place and micro places over here to go back to this one place and the whole reason to actually create the content and have the conversations and, and, and the whole reason why to, uh, figure out how to make content the easiest way. He boils it back down to, look, it's about building trust. Mm. And he starts to rant in about building trust and employees and uh, if you put the content out, will your employees want to see it? Will they look at it? And that whole conversation – and I just was like, man, man, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, you talk about being human all the time, right? And and I think that that's a, that's a big thing and, and trust – what I love, what I love about how he phrases it around trust is like trust is something you earn, but it's also something you can lose. And, and when we're talking about it from a marketing point of view, if you are measured on trust, not measured on number of phone calls, how would that change your strategy? Same thing with marketing. Like it, it really like, it like turns the dial and like resets your thinking. And that's where stuff like conversational marketing starts getting exciting for me because it's those micro moments that kind of make that happen. But that consistency was number the number one way to trust was probably one of my favorite um, phrases that he said, because um, we all know how, how much we love consistency and getting content out. But the fact that he, how he connected it to trust was actually quite eloquent too. Yeah. He, well, he said, uh, and I'm, I'll get as close as I can. Uh, if you think that they're going to trust you for your piece of content, but you skipped a week in putting out your podcast, they're not going to trust your content because they can't even trust your schedule. And I was like, Dude, oh my goodness. Like, 
Like it was Zorro moment right there for a hot second. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The other thing that I loved about this, there's micro moments, but the other thing I loved about this episode, Remington, was it's the first time ever, ever, in a show that I got lost. I had zero clue where we were, <laughs> where we were heading. I knew everything that we were talking about, but I was like, okay, like there was it's, and I I know it's because there were so many so many mental bombs that were mm-hmm. being dropped, and my mind was was trying to th- like it was like an octopus, like there were seven different things that it was trying to think about and pull in and connect. And and what am I going to say on the recap? And oh my gosh, for the business and um and and just so much that I was like, I just had to look at you guys and be like, I have no clue where we're at. First time ever. Hopefully, it doesn't well, ever happen again. Isn't it great that you had a co-host? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt, because it could have got ugly if not. Yeah. So so going back to like the captain of the ship, um, what I loved about it is like. There's a couple different ways you could slice this. Um, going with your, with your Zorro, uh, your Zorro movement. Um, you know, the captain of the ship he brought in from a company point of view, um, and it was you know having a change agent inside your organization. I literally wrote the words "boom" right after that note because because when you think about that, I think a lot of times um, as companies, we'll just say sales for a second. Like as companies, we look at the at the prospect as that a prospect, and we think of that person as um, a representation of the company. And I think companies, in a lot of cases, only think of the company, not the individual that you're talking to and sending the contract to, right? But like getting that change agent inside their org and getting them to buy in what you do or how you do it and build that trust in the sales process is likely nowadays going to start with with content or with marketing and and building that relationship. And so I thought it was really interesting. So like if you have all of these people within an organization and that organization is your customer, like how are you maintaining that relationship and maintaining that trust? And this is like a completely side like conversation around upcycling content, but I thought it was a really big takeaway that I think is incredibly important um you know for for growth in general. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I would say that the cousin or the sister or the brother to this is something that Brian also went into and that was and and I could tell at this point your mind was like when he said right. this. But um nobody uh will ever say that mm. you care too much. Yep. Like and and you went into like yeah we all these tutorials and you know this stuff nobody has will ever say you care too much you give too much like you're too helpful like nobody will ever say that i loved that section yeah and um you know and and then he said um he said in that final piece that like he literally has people saying can i buy something from you Right. And then now I just like click for me. We literally were just having conversations about Facebook Messenger where people are like, hey, can you help me with this? 
So it's, it just goes to that, like stay your course, keep things moving and just, just awesome. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like, so the other day, this was, and I don't even think I've ever shared this with you, but, uh, on a call with Jackie, our amazing sales professional, uh, and we get on a call to talk to a potential client at that time, client now. Uh, and I'm like, Hey, it's nice to meet you. And he's like, I've met you on YouTube. That's awesome. Totally different conversation than you typically would have as an agency providing services to a client. So that is amazing. Um, and you know, here's the thing. Let's dive into the next section where we actually talk about, uh, navigational tools. Um, but our note in there isn't really about tools. Uh, but it sort of is the first note that you wrote down and that we need to talk about is this methodology, if you will, this philosophy of kiss um and yep. keep it simple stupid and i love i loved watching brian navigate that four years ago he wrote this article about one bazillion tools that you can use to like you know your it, was personal, but yeah. it was i was being dramatic <laughs> i do that sometimes on this show i get a little dramatic it was 101 100 bazillion one tools you can use um but then now it's like uh here's the three or here's the four, right? That was amazing to see that because sometimes I feel like there's people out there, especially when creating content, that they lean so heavily on the tools that they forget that you yourself, your mind, your heart is the maximum uh, tool that you should be using and leveraging for the content creation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, specifics, he got into some, you know, he got into some specific tools. And I think I've got a couple to kind of add into it. So obviously, video is a big piece. But he was talking about from a social point of view, like helping with social posting and coming up with the graphics and the assets needed. Um, Canva was one, which I, I have to say, like, I really love Canva for for that stuff, as long as you keep it away from the canva template everyone else uses like don't go to most most popular yeah like scroll down like a thumb or two um and then and then adobe spark very similar scenario in regards to like creating some engaging video graphics and i loved how he talked about like like the tool that you should use is templates but don't like stuff it with information keep it short and simple and like in you know and and have some tactical uh direction to it but um but yeah it was just really neat how a majority of those, I think he even, uh, if I remember correctly, he even talked about the fact that he does a lot of it on his mobile. It doesn't even go to desktop now, yep. which I think is a pending shift that you're going to see in a lot. Oh, um, yeah, without a, a doubt. P- people are on the move. People are busy. Um, and, and it's funny because when, when anybody brings up Canva, and I, this took me back to our um, interview with Jeff C., uh, yep. When anybody t- talks about visual branding or brings up Canva and starts to talk about templates, my mind goes to when I use a template, I use it for layout structure, knowing that right. I'm going to put my own assets into that. So it looks good. However, it looks like me. Right. That that's right. the thing or, or your brand. I'm, I'm just saying me because I'm the one talking. So you use it for the layout structure, but you use your branded assets and colors. So it looks visually appealing, but it feels like you. That's one thing that I wanted to add into there. Also, when he brought up Camtasia as his video editor, I wanted to just like do jumping jacks and backflips. 
but I didn't want to hurt myself, so I didn't do backflips. <laughs> but, like, people get bogged down with editing. And the number one thing that I will say to people when it comes to video editing is that you have to simplify what you think you need to know. So, for instance, I use Camtasia. And they have templates and they have a library that you can build of your own assets that help you drag and drop and make it quick. But the only thing that I do as far as like technology know-how of a shortcut is Command-T because that's what cuts my video, allows me to get a piece out that I don't want and slide it down to tell my story. And then maybe a little overlay and, and boom, it's edited. It looks complex. Right. But if you just realize that you don't need to be a master of color correcting, you don't have to make it, uh, you know, Star Wars or, you know, Jurassic Park. It's like, uh, here's a piece of video where I, I dumped my brain out to a camera that I'm going to splice it up so that somebody doesn't lose their mind when they actually watch it back. That's what you're trying to achieve. Right. And Camtasia yeah. is amazing at that. Yeah, it was. And, um, and I, I have to say, like, there's some other tools that are kind of coming out not to take Camtasia's soapbox moment. But, um, you know, Adobe has really paid attention to that, I think. Yep. And they've got a uh, premiere rush and, and it's rush on the desktop as well as on the phone. They've done a really great job of that. And the one thing I do like about those is it makes it so it's compatible with premiere. So if you're doing some light editing in the beginning and you're passing it off to a videographer, if you if you're lucky enough to have one on t on team, it can go. Without so that's it's it's pretty awesome. So so we talked about Libsyn um, hey. as his podcast thing, and I know that you're going to riff in a moment about about that. But one thing I want to do beforehand was, and I mentioned it twice um, in the notes, repeat viewership. So I, um, I actually remember the notes that I was writing in Slack rather than, than our doc here about what I needed to do um, and setting as reminders because um, the repeat viewership is one of those things that a lot of times it doesn't make it onto your top 10 stats you want to review. But he's absolutely correct when you talk about trust and getting people to come back on. Like which, how many times are people coming back? Um, I thought that that re repeat viewership was a big piece. So now why don't you just go ahead and riff on like lips in podcast recording and where well, yeah. it should be. Without a doubt. And, but, but before I do, I absolutely agree with you. And like I started to think about, okay, nobody's talking about repeat viewership. Like none of the YouTube gurus that you go watch are talking really about repeat viewership. They're talking about views and watch time. Uh, so there should be somebody who creates a piece of content on that and why it's important. But um, I used to use Lipson. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yep, absolutely. And if I was only creating an audio podcast, I might even still go that way. Totally makes sense. Great company. However, moving into a world where we're using video, um, a lot of people are saying, man, it'd be great if I could create a video podcast, but then they don't know what to do with it. So sometimes they try to do like a Facebook Live and they'll treat that as a video podcast. But we, obviously, because you're watching this show or listening to this show on iTunes or wherever you're listening to, maybe on YouTube, 
We actually do it in a way where we create a video file, we upload it to a platform, that platform automatically turns it into an audio and a video file, pushes it out to iTunes, and so with one upload, you get two streams, and just like Brian was saying, it can either uh, go to somebody who likes to learn by audio or go to somebody who likes to learn by video and actually watching as well. That platform's 23. If you want to check it out, you should hit me up. We can talk about it all day. It's absolutely amazing. Bottom line, pro tip out of that whole section, though, when he started talking about podcasting, is if you're sitting here, it, and you don't have a podcast, what is wrong with you? Like, there are a million ways you can skin a cat to create a podcast for your business, industry, or personal brand that will allow you to create content, build a, build a brand, build a community, drive revenue. Like I have a whole talk that I go out and do on stage on how to build relationships and revenue through podcasting. And you can upcycle your content. All right. So the final, the final thing, and this is where like it's a hat tip to Brian in this section – was when he talked about paying attention to his analytics to a point where he saw a whole bunch of people from, I think it was Adobe, and they they watched, like it was like 120 people or something from Adobe watched his video on LinkedIn because those analytics are crazy incredible in the videos. And he pivoted like that. And he created content based on the research of what they cared about immediately. And I, I want like I want people to think about that for a second. Like if you have target accounts that you go after, how much how much work did you do to see actually what those individuals that those target accounts consume? Like like that was amazing. He did he like the the fact that he talked about it and it was like oh yeah I just created some content. Like it was like, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it, it was funny because you could tell the way that he talked about it was as fluid as he actually created it. It was like, oh, here they are. Here's what's on their, like, it's not hard. Here, here they are. Here's what they're sharing on their feed. Oh, I see a bulk interest in these people of this item, which happened to be AI in this case. So now I'm going to go and talk about AI in this direction and share it out because I already know these people are watching. Like it was, the again, one of the dopest moments in the recording. It was crazy. Craziness. Yeah. So now's the time where we get to talk about – this week's episode is brought to you by our Video Fundamentals Masterclass. Our Videos Fundamentals Masterclass, George, is just about finished, and it is off the chain. Like, there's over 10 hours worth of crazy, crazy content that goes super deep into a whole bunch of different things about how to get your video rolling. He even talks about the platforms you got to go on. So you probably hear about 23 in there and then going even deeper into, you know, how to actually get people in your organization to figure out what kind of content they want to create. So you got to check it out. Go to impulsecreative.com forward slash VFM and we're extending the special. So you better head on over before it disappears. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Like it's been so much fun to have this first group go through the course. It's absolutely amazing. So, uh, Remington, you know what? This might be the second episode where I'm lost. I know you just did that, 
We didn't talk about the Bermuda Triangle yet, so I guess that's where we can go into. <laughs> and, is that uh, where you got lost last time? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's just the Bermuda Triangle's fault. Um, it's funny because short-term wins versus long-term work. Yep. Mm. Mm. I like, love I love that he like calling that out and that was kind of like where people were getting stuck like don't expect those short term wins when we, you know against that long term work and he said something like you you spend like a year building a website and then you expect results in the first week like like just having some having sitting back a little bit and looking into that i think it was really really big but that ties into i think where people get lost with consistency pretty pretty heavily too you know they they go oh this was a whole bunch of work to launch the website and they're like oh, i don't really want to create the content that i think is needed for this engine because i'm tired like you got to go yeah yeah like it's funny cuz we're talking a little bit about podcasting like most podcasts they last seven episodes most people will do seven episodes and then they hang it up and they're done and they quit. Um, no way, no how. Like just keep trudging through. It'll get awesome. You'll enjoy it. It's amazing. And and he talked about how people would say, oh, Brian, you're crazy. How are you going to create this other show? And he moved into this magical phrase that I love and it's batch creation or batch recording where he went – which by the way – uh, Amy Landino, we need to end up having her on the show as one of the guests because she's amazing. Um, I've been paying attention to her on YouTube for a long time. Seen her speak at Inbound a couple of years back. So Amy, if you're listening to this, we need to have you on as a guest. But he talked about going uh, and sitting with her and doing, I think it was 11 episodes in three days that will drip over for three months. And so the perception of most consumers out there, consumers, I mean, the content is, man, they're meeting every week. How is he doing this every week? Man, like, and by the way, they just created over seven weeks of content. So now they're past the fatal flaw of when it usually crashes and burns. I just, listen, if you're creating any type of content, audio content, video content, especially video content, batch that junk. Like there's a whole module, not to piggyback on VFM that you just talked about. There's a whole module where there's a section in it that we talk about how to make video faster and cheaper. And uh, a large section of that is batch recording so that you can just, um, anyway. Make what, it happen. Yeah. What was your thoughts on the Bermuda Triangle? Well, I think the Bermuda Triangle – the Bermuda Triangle like has this like ongoing theme and a lot of these episodes do like across the board. And one of the – one of those themes is overnight success. Like – and I want to take that a step further because there's a lot of people that are comparing themselves to a, an assumption that someone was an overnight success saying it wasn't fast enough. But Brian's been doing this a long time and he even talked about like Gary V. He's like don't go out and try to be Gary V even though Gary V does really well. But Gary Vee's been doing this for a really long time. Gary Vee is not going to be like, oh, I wish I was like him. And even Gary Vee talks about going in and doing the work, right? So so like don't compare yourself. This is my extra add-on. Don't compare yourself to that overnight success because I guarantee there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears underneath. And I'm going to piggyback on that. 
because there's this other side of this too. There is the comparing yourself to somebody else and like, why am I not going to make it? You can listen to people like Remington, myself, Brian, and we'll say, hey, it's going to take time. Uh, you just got to put in the work. Trust me, this is where your brain's going to go. I've been putting in the work. When is it my time? Now, it's the exact opposite of what we've said, right? You got to put in the time or you got to, it'll take time and you got to put in the work. But your mind, your two, your four, your six, whatever it is, is going to spin and it's going to become your enemy and you're going to start to get like crusty because you're going to say, I've been doing the work. I've been putting in the work. Right. When is it my time? Who knows when it's your time? But here's the fatal flaw. When you feel that coming on, that's when most people quit. When you and that's feel, when you got to drive. Listen, when you feel that coming on, push even harder. Because you're probably one day, one week, one month from it being your time. Trust me, I have dealt with that multiple times over my career and trying to grow a personal brand and trying to help uh, build agency brands where it's like, how much longer? You just keep going. You just keep going. That's right. All right. So, so George, it's that time. Yes. Yes, it is. It's time for Captain Killing It, where we talk about somebody who is either killing it in a good way or a bad way on the interwebs. So, Remington, do you happen to have a Captain Killing It for this week? I can't hear you. Uh, my Skype was muted, but the okay. show wasn't. All right. So you said what? You, I said, do you have a Captain Killing It for this week? Yeah. So I do have I do have a Captain Killing It. Um, talk about consistency and upcycling content, and you know I don't know how well that necessarily are upcycling content, but they it's super consistent. And they got things moving really really well. Um, Peloton. It's the uh, the in home spin bike. So um, I recently purchased one and the buying cycle for me from initial research on through to purchase was probably about two months. And now I'm nerding out about the marketing behind it. But the the experience, right? The Peloton is actually more expensive than your average spin bike. But it doesn't matter. Because the amount of trust that's in there and the amount of community after you purchase, like, is, is pretty incredible. So, so of course you don't go to peloton.com unless you want a spin bike in a month and a half. I'm just saying, because they've got a really great job of making, of nurturing you through that funnel. But how they, how they show real people on, you know, on the bike, how they show how easy it is, how just, in general, how they show up everywhere, right? And uh, I feel like it's even on TV, like as as a byproduct. It's probably just reciprocal vision. But like the but when we look at, like Peloton just blew me away in in the consistency of the entire journey. And it didn't stop when I became a customer. And it it wasn't that it like they didn't flag me as a customer. But it was that they then moved into showing other people doing it so that there wasn't buyer's remorse in between saying yes 
and delivery. And so it it was incredible. And then now I'm super hooked. And every day, if you follow me on social media, you see my output because I share it on social media because it's like a badge of honor. Um, it's just an incredibly social platform. And um, and it's just it's incredible from a Captain Killing point of view. I'd love to talk to a marketer over at Peloton in, in regards to in regards to how the journey went. But they've just done a really great job of taking a normal product and updating it to like modern day standards in regards to technology and then getting a a tribe of people behind it to just carry on the brand after you purchase. It's it's absolutely incredible. So that's my Captain Killing It. I love it, and I love that you actually talked about the sales cycle, the marketing cycle of a cycle on an episode where we're talking about upcycling <laughs> your content. That is absolutely amazing that that just happened. By the way, any closing words that you want to say to the audience before we close this bad boy out? No, I think everyone can take a uh, a page of the book from Brian Fonzo, and even if you don't know how to upcycle content, take some of the things away in regards to trust or consistency or getting internal buy-in, and you know, and just go out there and start creating it. Um, and if you haven't seen Brian speak, you've got to go to some of his talks because he talks his talks go right in line with everything that he talked about. Uh, during the the episode so it was a lot of fun having him and i can't wait i'm sure we'll find a topic for him to come back on oh without a doubt here's my final words that i will say is one be yourself to press the damn button which is brian's way of saying create some content and then once you do upcycle that junk hey if you're listening to this on itunes then make sure you leave us a raving review five stars some nice words if you're watching it on youtube hit the bells the likes the subscribes all the things so we know that you're part of the community and until next time we hope that you are leaving the dock of mediocrity and that you are setting sail to the sunset of your success later